Hey, I'm Jesse. We're now in 2 Corinthians. Our sermon and our curriculum cover chapter 1, and today in our devotions, we're going to begin chapter 2. He opens up by speaking about God as the God of all comfort. That's important because it sets the tone for what follows. He talks about his clear conscience, and he affirms the fact that he knows these people are true to their faith in God. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, building upon the, the fact that Paul is sure of their proclamation of faith. They will stand firm in their faith. Verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, In fact, I made up my mind about this. I would not come to you on another painful visit. For if I cause you pain, then who will cheer me other than those other than the one being hurt by me? I wrote this very thing so that when I came, I wouldn't have pain from those who ought to give me joy, because I am confident about all of you that my joy will also be yours. For I wrote to you with many tears, and out of an extremely troubled and anguished heart, not to cause you pain, but that you should know the abundant love I have for you. The basic message of Paul to people who have been hurting him and who have been hurt by him is love, abundant love. This is consistent with how the book of 1 Corinthians ended. You remember the final verse of, of 1 Corinthians? Chapter 16, verse 24, my love be with all of you in Christ Jesus. That's the final word of the previous letter. He's been on call and doing ministry in Ephesus since the writing of 1 Corinthians, and he sent Timothy to the church of Corinth in the meantime. He addressed a lot of issues. I mean, we saw in 1 Corinthians, this church had some deep-set issues, and Paul addresses them perfectly under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, right in the book of 1 Corinthians. And now between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, some stuff has gone down. It's likely even that another letter has been written, one that's not included in the canon of Scripture. The possibility exists that there are four letters to the Corinthian church, and we have two of them in our canon of Scripture. But Paul even goes to visit Corinth between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians to try to address some of the stuff that's going down. And evidently, according to chapter 2, verse 1, that visit was not successful for Paul. He showed up and tried to clean stuff up, but man, it just wasn't working. He refers to that as a painful visit. That's why he says, in fact, I made up my mind about this. I would not come to you on another painful visit. So the term another denotes that he's been there to visit them and it was painful. He doesn't want to go through that again. And so he's just responding with an articulation of his abundant love for them. You see, there were guys who were sort of self-styled apostles who rose up and tried to usurp Paul's authority. They tried to undo Paul's apostolic authority. They're trying to give straight up demonic teachings. And the biggest thing in the way to their platform is Paul's apostolic authority, Paul's anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so their tactic is to assassinate Paul's character, try to cancel Paul. And Paul's response is this, this has been anguish for me. And I don't know if, I, I'm not gonna come and have another painful visit because evidently I've hurt some of you. Some of you have been hurt by me. And I'm hurt too. And like, who am I gonna, who am I gonna receive comfort from if I show up and the people that I've hurt are hurt and I'm gonna hurt you and we're gonna hurt each other and hurt people, hurt people as they say. By the way, if you're a hurt person, don't use that as license, please. But Paul's saying like, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have another painful visit with you. I just want you to know my abundant love that I have for you. You see, this was, this was deeply personal for Paul. He loved these people. 
This was a messed up church and Paul never doubted their anointing and their calling. He referred to them as the temple, as the people of God. He shares his love for them even after having addressed a litany of colossal issues. And now he's responding to their disrespect with more love. In chapter 11, you're gonna see more about these guys who kind of wanted to steal Paul's thunder. They were all up after the platform and they wanted the influence. And so they were attacking Paul and people were believing it. And it's a firestorm. I mean, it's terrible. This is deeply, deeply painful for Paul. He's talking about how he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in deep anguish and in tears. You know, sometimes that's God's calling is for you to go through the anguish, to go through the tears. There's nothing in the Bible about giving your life to Christ and following his will for your life and everything is just peachy. In fact, it's kind of the opposite when we actually open our eyes and read the words. It's deep anguish in tears, doing God's will. Both in marriage and here in the church life, there comes a point at which the cycle of disrespect and assault on one another's character has to stop. It's either going to spiral into oblivion and break the relationship permanently, or somebody's going to respond in love. Husbands, that's us, by the way. We are the ones who respond to disrespect with love. Paul is responding to uh, basically an attempt to completely strip him of apostolic authority and attack his character. He's responding in verse four, I wrote to you with many tears out of an extremely troubled and anguished heart, not to cause you pain, but that you should know the abundant love I have for you. Responding to disrespect with love. That sounds beautiful, right? It would make for a great song lyric and it's easy to grasp here verbally, orally. It's easy to understand when we read it. Actually implementing this is one of the hardest things in the human experience. Paul had been wounded by people he loved. Now he could take literal physical abuse from pagans. I mean, he's been beaten physically by heathens on a number of occasions and it never, it never detracts from his joy. Look at the book of Philippians. He's in jail while he writes that book. His pain, his anguish, his tears are caused by the people he loves in the church. I can relate to that on a sm much, much smaller scale. Maybe you can too. I kind of expect to take the occasional dart from somebody with whom I'm sharing the gospel who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control coming out of them supernaturally because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I took some this past week. I mean, I get it. And then it, what hurts all the more is when you pour love into people in your church and they respond to you with just hostility. That hurts all the more because they ought to know better because they have the Holy Spirit. And at some point, that's all, that spiral's gotta stop. And the way that it stops, according to Paul here, is with love. That's how you stop a spiral of disrespect and conflict. Somebody somewhere has to articulate love. And Paul articulates it in abundance. The book of 2 Corinthians is gonna be amazing.